in the last several months, I was butting up to the like, I could be making more money just working for myself. When you get to that point, it's like, then I could, you know, calculate, it was a calculated risk to be able to leave my job. um, And to be able to work full time for myself. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Today, I am joined by Kina Newell, who is the founder of Wealth Over Now. And Kina works with professional women and solopreneurs to create new possibilities with their money so that they can save more, pay off debt, invest in themselves and stress less about money. I'm super excited to have Kina here on the show today because she has really done something incredible with her business, built it as a side hustle, but turned it into quite a success. So welcome to the show, Kina. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for sparing the time because I'm sure you have a busy schedule and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. I'm always happy to talk about what I do. It's, it's exciting. Awesome. So to give the listeners some context, could you start out by just telling us a little bit about the work that you do and how you got into working as a coach? Yeah. So I, as you stated, I work with professional women and solopreneurs. I'm a financial coach and I enjoy talking about money. My own personal story and journey with money is really how I got here and being in debt, like graduating from college and having the student loan debt, which I think a lot of Americans can relate to that story. But I was making $33,000 a year as a teacher and really having to figure out how do I pay down my debt, but also save for a home and achieve some of those milestones in life. And so I had to personally get my finances in order. And I actually was a teacher, which is probably something that's unexpected. But the thing that I really enjoyed in being an educator, I ended up being a vice principal with the coaching aspect of my work and helping whether it was kids or teachers realize what's possible. And I have a background in finance, like from college, and I loved budgeting. And I started searching for opportunities to like marry this coaching piece, but also marry the idea of like helping people really understand numbers in a way that makes sense to them and just ease its stress. So now I'm here today, three years later. So you started coaching three years ago. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you first started, what did that look like? Can you tell me about like getting your first client? (laughs) Well, I thought if you just had a website, then you could get a client. And that's not true. (laughs) And I got my first client actually, because I decided that I would host a meetup group. And so I did like a financial meetup where about eight people signed up, zero people actually like attended. And then that same morning, someone actually did register for the event. And so that was my first client. We did two meetup sessions and then she ended up being an ongoing client. So yeah, my first like, or my third month of business, I think I made $40. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) (laughs) But I created it. So that was exciting. Yeah. So then walk me through kind of the timeline from then to now. How has your client load expanded Mm -hmm. and 
and your services expanded maybe? So in the beginning, I was definitely flying by the seat of my pants and being like, oh, I think, you know, I'm going to meet with people for three months and I'll meet with you once a week. In the beginning, I also did like I would start with clients with a two hour session. And then if they wanted to work with me beyond the two hour session, then they had the opportunity to work with me in like a coaching partnership. I had few, a very few clients that actually wanted to do that. So, or what I thought was that very few clients wanted to do that. I now know that there was some like mindset issues and things that I needed to do better um, from the coaching perspective. And so then I switched in 2019, I switched my programming to instead of the two hour session, I started doing a one month intensive, which is currently like my model where all of the clients that work with me, we work together for a month. And then if they decide that they want to continue working with me, then they go into a four month partnership, really made that transition and kind of like shifting by one thinking about like what I wanted to provide for my coaching clients. And then two, also started working with a business coach who told me I was undercharging and started to kind of like get comfortable with like charging money for something that I think is innately easy to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. And so it sounds like you kind of pivoted to make your coaching services a little bit more of like a proprietary um, service, something that's a package Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're setting the terms at the beginning, you're telling the the client what you would recommend Mm -hmm. as the best instead of just being like, yeah, let's work together for a few months, see where this goes. Yeah. And I mean, like I wanted people to get originally I wanted the one month because I wanted people to get like a taste of coaching. I know like now, because I've done all the mindset work, I was thinking that people weren't continuing working with me as well because they didn't know what coaching felt like. They didn't know the experience. And so I knew that if you could experience the transformation, then like it was a no brainer. And so definitely in the beginning, I started like thinking about changing packages and services based off of like what I thought clients didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So. It probably took a pretty significant mindset shift, though, to go from just wanting clients to work with you for as long as possible to recommending to them to start with just one month. Yes, for sure. Definitely. (laughs) So these days you're working with clients one month at a time. And immediately something that I think of that could be a little challenging about that would be that you have to have more clients, right? If Mm -hmm. a lot of them are only working with you for one month, Mm -hmm. is that the case? Or do a lot of them go on and want to continue working with you? I would say like my goal is that if I signed five new clients in a month, that at least half of those people continue to work with me. And so I have like, you know, that retainer income within my business, but then also I can help people in that like one month container as well. Yeah. Okay. So there are a few different aspects of this that I'm really interested in diving into. One would be how you're balancing your schedule. Mm-hmm. I know that at least currently yeah. and up until this point, you've been working a full-time job along with your coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also love to talk more about where you're, how you're finding your clients, what you found to be the best method of the finding and attracting and closing these clients. So let's start. Well, which one would you like to start with? Um, we can start with where I'm finding people because that's the okay, last thing sure. you said. <laughs> So I actually have like a mix of, I would say it's been client referrals, social media, and then Google. So I, I feel like people tell you to nail down where people are coming from, but my people equally come from those three places because there are people that are shame Googling at night as when someone I work with calls it. And they're really trying to figure out what they need to be doing with their finances. And so like, I think that's how clients find me on Google 
And then also over the years, I've like built my social media presence and figured out how to use Instagram to build a business. Uh, So I'm also getting clients there. And then of course, like the client referral where people are saying to their friends, like, no, she really helped me understand my finances better. You need to like pick a consult with her. So. Yeah, I think it's great to have multiple different marketing strategies that are working for you. I think when it's important for people to, you know, ask where are my clients coming from and double down on that is when they're doing a lot of different things and a lot of them aren't working. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, where are your clients really coming from? But in your case, it's so nice that, you know, you have these three different um, streams of income kind of streams of clients, right? So I'm especially curious about getting clients from Google because for a more high ticket offer, like you sell in your business, it can be kind of hard to go from someone stumbling across your website on Google to actually signing up for, you know, purchasing your product. Mm -hmm. So what is kind of that little pipeline there look like? Do you have some smaller product they can purchase or some way they can try out your services or do they just go for it when they see your website? Yeah, no, I think they're just going for it. When I think about, I've like wanted to create content that I feel like people can, one, like my website, one of the things I wanted was when they landed on my website that they felt comfortable. Like I talked to my designer and I'm like, people are airing out like their laundry drawer basically or their underwear drawer and they're like telling me about their finances. So when they like land on my page, I want them to feel very comfortable. It's also the voice that I would say I use in my content. And I want them to know that like this experience can be something that actually brings them joy. And I think that people get that from landing on my website, the content that they read, the things that are there for them to be able to access, as well as I would say, People that have found me on Google, they talk about like reading the testimonials that they've seen on Google reviews or Yelp, or they read a couple of my blog posts and things have resonated with them really well. So one of my focuses, I would say like this year is getting my content to sell for me. So even if someone came to me and it was a cold referral that they would know like, oh, she is actually somebody that I want to work with. Well, I think that, that sounds like you have put a lot of thought into that and you've created a system that's working really well for you. And just to give the listeners some context, what are what is the current like starting rate that someone could work with you for? $1,800. Okay, so a pretty significant sum really. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I've decided that it's actually not when it's the gift that keeps on giving, getting your phone. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just beyond what we'd like say someone would do as an impulse buy, right? So it's not where you're selling something that people could, you know, get started for $50 or $100. They definitely need to put a little bit of thought into the decision um, and they'll need to like weigh those, the the benefits of working with you against that cost, right? And see the value in it. Yeah. And, and that's how I write my copy though, right? So I'm talking about all of those things because I know that the elephant in the room, and I'm very comfortable talking about that with clients where I'm like, I get it. The elephant in the room is that you're coming to me and you're telling me you don't have any money. And I'm now asking you to pay me $1,800. Mm-hmm. You're telling me, but Keen, I don't have any money. So yeah, it's, it's one of the objections that I definitely, like I said, tackle through my copy, but also through my consult. Mm -hmm. It's an objection that pretty much everyone who's selling anything has to tackle, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is this thing really worth the money? And nobody has the money, quote, has the money, um, if they don't see the value in the product, right? Um, But in your business, it's a very, like, obvious challenge to overcome. Yes, yes. (laughs) Because of the nature of what you're selling. Yeah. 
The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment, like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions, and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. Okay, so let's move on and talk about how you are balancing your schedule Mm -hmm. because I want to know all your secrets. (laughs) So you're working a full-time job. Uh Is that correct? And and, but you shared with me that this is going to be ending soon. Is that yes, right? Yes. So I will quit January 15th. That's amazing. So you've got just about 10 days. Are you sure you're counting down the yes, days, right? I'm definitely <laughs> like, oh, great. <laughs> but I, as far as managing my schedule, so when I actually first started my business, I went in like full throttle. I left education and I had made a decision that I didn't actually want to return. And so I kind of like piecemealed some like educational consulting together while I was building my business. And last year, I actually took on a full time role where I actually coach leaders. So I coach principals and like, academic officers. And the one thing that was important for me is that like, I had a job that had flexibility, and I was very transparent with them that I'm building a business that I don't plan on giving up. And I I joked with Tara that like my business or not my business, that my job is actually my side hustle. It pays retirement and healthcare. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I view like my business as my full-time role. So scheduling, I would say is like really important. One of the things that I've worked on with my business coaches, having days that I do certain things. So like I coach on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I have a block of time, you know, where I'm coaching from like three to eight. 8 p.m. on those days. And then on Mondays is like the day that I do consults. I also do those in the afternoon. So it's allowed me to plan around when I know I want to be in my business. The thing that I've had to shift in the last year is that I've actually started to pick up more clients. And so where that time used to just kind of be blocked out and be like for hopeful, like my potential clients, it is now for clients. So I do have to be mindful of how I'm using my time blocks throughout the day to make sure that like I'm getting content written or if I need to like follow up or do outreach with with my current client caseload or I'm thinking about like social media strategy that I'm planning like an outreach block in the first hour of my day because like that's like when I'm the freshest so I really try to pay attention to when I know I have energy and how do I manage needing to do what I need to do at work but also being able to show up for my business. Mm-hmm. So I think you've touched on something that's really important there, which is it sounds like prior to having a full client load, you're using a lot of that time to work on grow on really marketing, mm-hmm. right? And attracting clients. And now that time is filled with clients. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm sure you're aware of the challenge there, which is you have to save enough time to still be able to market so you have clients in the future, or you can just quit your job. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then get that time there. Yeah. And so like I, in the last several months, I was butting up to the, like, I could be making more money just working for myself. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to that point, it's like, then I could, you know, calculate, it was a calculated risk to be able to lose, leave my job and to be able to work full time for myself. 
Yeah. So with your full-time job, is it 40 hours a week, like nine to five, or are your hours not quite that? Technically speaking, it is eight to five. Mm -hmm. And so, but I get to make my schedule within that day. So if I had something like this conversation, technically I'm at work, but I can block out this hour of the day and, and flex the time through my schedule. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'm sure that that's really helped with building your business and just having that flexibility there. And then when it comes to the hours that you are investing in your business, two questions. One is how many hours have you been spending on your business? And maybe how has that changed over these past three years? Mm-hmm. And then I'm curious, what are like the the tasks that take the largest amount of your time consistently each week? Mm-hmm. I think the time, like in terms of the task, I think that take the longest I think I'm right now I'm spending a lot of time like forward facing with clients. If I were to like break down my actual, like, where does my time go? Mm -hmm. And then I would say like second where I spend a lot of time is with content and like writing weekly newsletters, doing my Instagram captions. I actually don't outsource a ton of things mainly because I have trust issues Uh, (laughs) and being able to like, identify that's one of the things I'm actually working on with my coaches like what are the things that I want to outsource to make sure that I'm outsourcing I know exactly what I'm outsourcing and how I'm going to use that time for myself or for my business like what is that in exchange for so there's a return on investment Gillian I don't actually know how many hours I spend in my business a week because I don't actually count it I love my business so much that I like will work in my business at any time. Mm -hmm. I know when I initially was doing my schedule, the goal was to be at about 20 hours a week. And so like even thinking about like those Tuesday, Thursdays, I coach like four to five hours. And then I probably, depending on how consults come in, I do another four hours of like consult time. And then within that, within, you know, other hours of the week, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do an hour of content here, an hour of content there. And so kind of breaking that up. But I Mm -hmm. I probably would say at least 30 hours a week is what I'm doing. Okay. So, and that just really shows the power of, you know, have being inspired Mm -hmm. and having that motivation behind you. So it's not like, oh, where can I, you know, like, oh, I want to do this, but I can't find the time. You're easily finding the time, right? Even though you don't have that much time, you know, you're finding big chunks of time throughout the week. Plus I'm sure you're working in the weekend some as well. Yeah. Like, and, and I guess like for me, I give my perso- I give myself permission to work when I like feel inspired. Sometimes I have to work when I'm like uninspired. But if I like wake up one morning and I feel like, oh my goodness, I could crank out so much content, then I will shift things around to like crank out the content. Okay, so now let's talk about success. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've all heard success means different things to different people, right? Mm-hmm. And to some people, it's about the paycheck. To some people, it's about the lifestyle. For some people, like success is just, quote, happiness. Other people just want to be able to spend lots of time with family or, you know, have a big house. So what does success really mean to you? Right now in my business, I would say, like, success isn't being able to leave my job. But then within that, it's also being able to have impact. I've always wanted to be someone who had impact on the world. I think that like education allowed me to do that. And now with my clients, it's incredible to hear them talk about how their lives have transformed. And so like that really inspires me as a coach and it makes me really excited. I've had a lot of women that I've been working with recently that are recently like divorced. And so they've been able to kind of like redefine who they are as a woman 
because we've been able to tackle and address like how money moves in their life. How does your current business model support that definition of success? I'm always like thinking about my clients and how do I better serve them? Like everything that I'm doing is thinking about like, how do I better serve people that are working with me or people that will potentially work with me or people that are reading my content? It's, it's all about service. Would you say that you've already reached your definition of success? It sounds like it's probably an ongoing thing. Oh yeah. I think like the target is going to move. Right. Mm -hmm. But like for me right now, it's like, I created money, (laughs) right? Like, I think there's that, like that first thing where I had an idea, like four years ago, if you had been like, you know, you're going to own a business, I'd be like, I would have rolled my eyes at you, quite frankly. And so just going from in like July of 2018, me coming up with this like business idea to now being at a place where like, my business is consistently hitting five figure months. And like, it actually like it happens. That's a it's a great feeling because of like the $40 month that I had in September of 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And finally on this topic of success and where you're at right now and where things are going, where are you hoping to, or where are you working to take your business in the next five to 10 years? Five, I haven't thought about, but I'm at three at least. (laughs) And I would say like, I want to build like a seven figure business that allows me to like, one, live how I desire, but then also once again, going back to that impact piece, being able to like employ other people and make sure that they have like beyond a minimum standard of living and like being able to reinforce that like financial freedom that we all, I think, aspire to have. And also being able to use my business in a way that like impacts the community that I served for a very long time as a teacher. And like, how do I kind of have those like full circle moments to make sure like the kids that I loved for over a decade that I'm still like paying attention to them in a new sector in my life. How will you need to shift your business model to reach that goal? So that's what I'm working on this year. I haven't conceptualized exactly what that will look like, but I'm imagining that I will start doing less one-to-one and start transitioning more into like a group coaching model because there are only so many people that I can coach one-to-one because there are only so many hours in a week. So really starting to think about like what are, how does my content delivery change with those one-to-one sessions to impact, you know, a one-to-many model. Well, I can say that you are going some amazing places with your business. And thank you so much for just opening up and sharing about your current business model, how it works, how you're doing it alongside a full-time job. Um, I think that, you know, one of the biggest takeaways people can get from this episode is just how powerful your your love of your business is really, you know, you love what you do so much and you're so passionate about the work that you're doing that you are, like I said earlier, easily finding the time to fit it all in. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, sometimes people are really struggling to find the time and if they can make some pivots maybe with their thinking, then they'll be able to make the time much more easily. Yeah. And I I think it's like, you don't need to have a lot of time, right? Like that's a thought that you need a lot of time. And so it's, I, I for me, it's like, where can I show up and be consistent? Awesome. Well, again, Kina, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me today. Everything that you shared was very insightful. And I know that the listeners will really appreciate the insight that you provided and just hearing about your experience. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. 
Before we wrap this up, listen into this question a Startup Society member asked during the live stream. Victoria says, how do you set up boundaries for your side hustle? I oftentimes feel a lot of pressure on myself to grow faster than I am, and I end up spending all my time and energy on it when it's meant to be a side hustle. <laughs> when I get feedback from people, they often share ideas on how to grow bigger and better, but that often just creates more stress than joy. So how do you create those boundaries? I think it's remembering like, what are my goals and what's my why? Like for myself, I know one of the things that I want as a result of my business is to be able to have more freedom. Um, with my time in my personal life. And so it's like planning in things where I'm I'm not working all the time. <laughs> um, but whatever it is, like whatever that priority is in your in your life, like how is that showing up in your schedule? So not always taking on more because someone else is telling you to, or, you know, do you take a random every other Wednesday off? Because mm-hmm. that's something that you wanted to be able to afford yourself the opportunity to do. I think it's, and being comfortable with like constantly revisiting that and not feeling like you need to be perfect. All right. Well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.